we doing this a normal start? Like, <laughs> sorry, I got confused. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's staying in. I'm not cutting that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, welcome back to another episode of Horrorcast and Witch Hat. It's Katie and Izzy with uh, an old friend. An old friend. Her name's Georgie. Hi, Georgie. Your movies are not my favorite thing. Um, I'm glad that you guys enjoy them and that I can still talk about them with you. I'm so sorry that for our first guest, um, my dog just barked all over you. <laughs> I mean, only because your dog is cute will I not be offended. Oh, thanks. I don't know. Maybe that's bad, though. Even if your dog was ugly, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, uh, cutest. Cutest subjective. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and so... Georgie and Katie and I have been friends forever. Not really, but it feels like it. <laughs> well, we all went to the same elementary school, right? Yeah, we did. Yes, yeah. yes. Which, that's nuts. Katie, when did you start going to Canyon View? Like, did you uh, go there the whole time? Preschool, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool, yeah. <laughs> so we've been walking around the same space for a long, long time. Yeah. And the I, re- only, I just, I went to a different high school than you guys, because... Um, yeah that's right I said fuck that school (laughs) isn't your school all fancy now dude all of them are it's fucking it's it's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. all the schools are are like we want to look like the high schools in the movies let's do it yeah we were shafted yeah man no more round school for you guys though I liked having a round school it was unique it confused me so much um, apparently having our, so our high school was like two circles one inner circle and one outer circle but apparently that's like the least safe school for school shootings because you can't see 45 feet in front of you so that was the number one uh, <laughs> um, reason that they were like okay we need a but also if I can't see them they can't see me so <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So. I didn't even know about that. That's interesting. I learn yeah. something every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Such a sad thing to have to know. Yeah. Yeah. Krampus? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, into into the actual episode reasoning. Uh, we Merry Christmas. Uh, we're doing Krampus for Christmas. That's because I'm fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it's the Eve of Christmas Eve. Oh shit! It really is. Yeah. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Yep. Before we, like, really get into this, Georgia, you said you don't really watch scary movies, which is fair. Yeah, they give me um, nightmares for longer than I deem necessary, and um, even though I really love reading about movies and, like, knowing plots and knowing, like, really good, really well-written screenplays and all that, um, there are just some things I can't watch because I'm just a sensitive flower. A sensitive flower. It's it's fair. Fair. (laughs) Have you, of the ones you have seen, do you have a favorite or one that you like? Um, you know, I always have liked the paranormal activity ones. All right. One, I haven't, like, seen that many other ones. And, like, other ones, like, really, really freaked me out. And the paranormal activity ones just didn't as much because there wasn't a lot of visuals for me to latch onto and to dream about later. Um, 
And then in high school, Izzy, I don't know if you remember this, but I also really had a lot of fun doing the Ouija board. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like an atheist. I don't believe in um, much. And so like the demons and things, I wasn't really scared of. But other kids were. And it was like, I don't know, kids thought I was cool. It reminds yeah. me of the days when we actually used to go ghost hunting at that graveyard. That was kind of over by your old neighborhood, Georgie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also remember going out into like cemeteries with people, and it was like kind of a fun thing to do. And if you had a crush on somebody, and then you'd watch Paranormal Activity, and they'd be too scared, and you were like, "Okay, I have a grip on reality. It's okay. I'm fine." So fun story. Uh, one of the ways that I convinced Tyler that I was cool was by doing Ouija with you, because we would. Uh, let's see, statute of limitations is up, right? We used to break into houses that were being built and, or that were like vacated and do Ouija board because we we're smart. Um, but he, as kids, yeah. So, Lo and I, who's another one of our friends, used to push it so that whenever we asked Georgie questions, it would just spell fire. <laughs> and, and Tyler uh, legitimately thought that that's what was happening. And so he just found out a few years ago that Lo and I were pushing it. And so he was so upset because he was like, I've been telling people that we did Ouija board and that my friend is haunted. And every time we do it, it spells fire. And I was like, nope, That's we so pushed funny. it. He was devastated. Well, you want to hear something really funny? Um, so I think it was with you and it was with Lo and maybe Tyler was there. I don't know. Um, but one of the times, you know, it was like, you ask, is there a warning for anybody? And it was like, Georgie. And it was like, what's the warning? Fire. <laughs> and then it was like, like, fire about what? And then I think it said, like, job or work or something. And then the next day at work, um, I worked at a bagel shop, Rich's Bagel. Shout out to you. It's so good. Um, I was there. I popped a bagel in the toaster, and the toaster lit on fire. Oh, no. I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. It's real. <laughs> that was, like, the one moment where I was like, okay. It was all Maybe. leading up to that. So yeah. this was really just all warnings until that moment. <laughs> uh, and then my boss was like, yeah, sometimes the cinnamon and the sugar just gets the pot that it gets on fire, and she just put it out and back until it stopped burning. And I was like, well... Okay, but I still told that story without the, like, um, cinnamon sugar part. I'll tell Tyler that because he'll appreciate that that came true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a fire, and it did have to do with me and my job, which is what the Ouija board said the day before, a.k.a. you and Lauren. <laughs> maybe, maybe they make it for that fire to start. We are we, we're they secretly having premonitions there. that whole time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so reminiscing. So, last thing, and then we'll actually get into the movie. But it's funny that you say paranormal was like one that didn't really get to you because that one fucked me up. <laughs> I had nightmares because I would start falling asleep and then I would dream that my door was opening like it does in the movie. Uh, and so, like, I'd wake up and be too scared to look at my door because I'm like you know what if it's there I don't even want to know I just don't want to know I'm just gonna lay here and let it take me <laughs> well I'll tell you the movie that gave me the most nightmares ever was probably Harry Potter 3 um really that werewolf like oh. fucked me up that was so scary 
I still like when I watch that as an adult. I'm like, oh, oh, they're gonna be okay, and I just have to like tell everybody in the room, like, I'm really scared right now. <laughs> just yeah, to, like, I would. I would totally think that you were faking it because I mean, I live by those movies, but like, <laughs> I also love those movies. But and you go camping a lot, so <laughs> I do go oh, camping yeah. a lot. <laughs> You're just comparing it to the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Scary wolves people men yeah men wolves both things i'm scared of sometimes so krampus the film came out in 2015 it did and the reason that we invited georgie here is because krampus if you don't know is a creature thing i guess uh that originated in central europe um but it's this legend of a half goat half demon monster that punishes misbehaving children at christmas time and the reason we invited Georgie is because she was raised on a Krampus-like legend. <laughs> yeah, so um, Krampus, I'm pretty sure, is German. Yeah. And then my mom's from the Netherlands, which right next to Germany. Um, she's Dutch. Dutch in the Netherlands. Those things go together. People are like, oh, you're from Dutchland? And I'm like, that's not a place. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's where Krampus lives. Um, Tell them yes next time. Yeah. <laughs> One of our teachers even asked that in middle school. And I was like, nope. Um, and so Santa Claus is the Dutch Santa Claus. And um, I think it's somewhat similar, but I haven't seen this movie and I don't know the exact lore for Krampus. I can share the Sinterklaas lore right now if you like. Um, let's or save, we can get into it later. I was going to say, let's save the details for when we like really get into the movie or Perfect. Um, when we do the background. But well, I'm excited to hear more about Krampus. Yes. Uh, that's why she's here. She's our subject matter expert on Dark Santas. <laughs> Dark, yes. <laughs> so Krampus, as we said, came out in 2015. It is, or I'm sorry, it had 14 nominations and four wins, which included Best Special Effects Makeup, Best Horror Character, and Best Original Score for a Comedy Film. It What? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's considered a so horror it's a com comedy. It's a horror comedy, for sure. It's one of the okay. best, like, scary, funny movies I've ever seen put together, to be honest. It's not, like, out front comedy, like the scary movies. It's like a subtle like satire yeah it's it's satirical there's not things i would have put together but um <laughs> it's, it's not what anybody expected to go when they went into this movie at all everybody was just expecting straight horror movie for this because none of us had seen like a high class krampus movie done and when all of us left the theater it was all of us were ranting about how great it was because it was funny huh. so it's right. it's good it was directed by Michael uh, Doherty. Is that how it's pronounced? I think it's Doherty, but Doherty? I, I, I think maybe. Fair enough. Um, fun fact: He was born October twenty eighth, nineteen seventy four, and I only say that's a fun fact because it's near Halloween, so that's why. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> he grew up and directed and wrote Trick or Treat, which Katie, you said is like one of your favorites, right? It is. Yes. There's it's a good. Trick or Treat two slotted to come out. Uh, we'll see. I have the comic book that it's based off of. He is also doing the upcoming Hellraiser TV series. I'm excited about that. So is Andy. The what TV series? Hellraiser. Oh. Sounds like something I won't watch. <laughs> I haven't seen the movies either, so you're not alone. 
it'll be something <laughs> that we do because it's a good one and that's when we'll bring mr andy on because he's a sub a fan and geek about that shit so <laughs> uh, some other things he's done he wrote for x2 x-men united and then urban legends bloody mary which that i was shot here i thought that was a good movie there's that part where the dog is like licking his hand and then it's not the dog that part creeps me out can't you cannot let your limbs hang off the bed while you sleep no. it's just no. not safe if it wasn't the dog what was it exactly <laughs> it was bloody mary licking why because it's also filmed in utah so we had a lot of shit filmed here yeah utah's yeah. pretty big including I the grinch stole christmas which um the the one with uh jim carrey jim carrey not the <laughs> animated one <laughs> just in case that wasn't clear <laughs> fair enough they're like, you yeah. see that snowflake? That was here in Utah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Landed in the big Cottonwood Canyon. Mm -hmm. uh, so the writers for Krampus are Todd Casey, who's known for uh, doing some Marvel TV series, along with Zach Shields, who is the executive producer and writer for Godzilla, King of Monsters, which was a pretty great movie. Um, <laughs> and he also did the soundtrack for The Conjuring. He wrote one of the songs. Yeah, the, the In the Room Where You Sleep song. Couldn't tell you which one that is, but it's a song in that movie. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Sounds like it could be a really fun musical song, but I know it's not. In the Room Where You Sleep. Sounds like somebody's peeping through a window where they shouldn't be sleep or where they shouldn't be peeping. I wonder if that's yeah. like the music that plays when she's uh, getting like pulled off the bed. Like those moments. That would be the room where she sleeps. Right? So. That's the okay. only thing okay. I can come up with. <laughs> It's probably not even like real music. It's just like moaning. She's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Krampus, the day that it starts, I think it's supposed to be December 22nd. I mean, I don't think. They show an advent calendar. It's December 22nd. Yeah. They have like this beautiful opening title sequence where it's like a very classic, like, Miracle on 34th Street titling. Where it's like Krampus. It looks all pretty. And it's playing the song, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, which is all about like the meaning of Christmas and holiday cheer and all the spirit and happiness and love. But what's you're seeing on the screen is this like montage of people just storming the store. They're like trampling each other, they're beating each other up. Poor retail mom and dad getting shot by uh, taser guns. Yeah, the poor retail workers are just getting like mistreated <laughs> and shit on. Um, I like this representation of Christmas so oh, far because it was Christmas solid. is not my favorite holiday. Yeah, it's it's like the dichotomy of what it's supposed to be and then what it really is. It's basically the Grinch. Um, so there you go. <laughs> there we go. We tied that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and through this scene, you get your first view of the Ingle family, which consists of Dad Tom, who is played by Adam Scott. He is, in my mind, most well known for Parks and Rec. He plays oh, yeah. Ben Wyatt, the mayor of Icetown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> He's in Step Brothers, Big Little Lies, The Good Place, Disaster Artist, Little Evil, Hellraiser, Bloodline. He's in a lot of shit. <laughs> he was also yeah, in Boy Meets World. What? Really? Yeah, he's in the last season of Boy Meets World. 
Oh, interesting. Um, he's got. Oh, I like him. He's a great actor. I agree. Uh, he's got cute. two wins and sixteen nominations. He looks like a toy, like a action figure toy. Like his hair is just so like perfectly quaffed. He looks like a nutcracker, you know, like a handsome nutcracker. I could see like one of those like nutcracker suits. Um, yeah, like a young so, prince nutcracker. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The mom is Sarah. She's played by Toni Collette. I love her. I think she's wonderful. Um, you know her. I mean, she's most recently she's been in Knives Out, which is a wonderful movie. I love that movie. You should watch um, that, Georgie, if you haven't. Is it scary? No, no, no it's it's really good. It's, it's like, like a Clue meets Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Uh, it's really, it's really good. Um, she's also the mother in Sixth Sense. Um, she's been in Nightmare Alley, Velvet Buzzsaw, In Her Shoes. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's had 52 wins and 105 nominations, one of which was for an Oscar. So. Hmm. She was uh, born in Blacktown, Sydney, in just New South Wales, Australia, which is, I didn't know that was a whole, like, piece of it, New South Wales. So that's interesting. Apparently, I don't know my geography very well. Oh, is she? She's not. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on the name. It's a Spike Lee movie, and it's in two parts. And she plays this badass woman who wears the yellow jumpsuit. No, no that's that Uma Thurman. Thurman. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're thinking they look of similar. Kill yes, Kill Bill. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of. They have a son named Max, who is played by MJ Anthony. You are introduced to Max because he is fighting a classmate during their, like, reenactment of Jesus's birth. Um, and for some reason, he is wearing a reindeer costume. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't onesie. remember any reindeer being there, but I don't know the Bible, quote for quote. So You know what? No one really remembers what happened that night. <laughs> <laughs> there could be reindeer. It's all, just, it's all just a figment. It's a blur. He, the only thing that he's really been in is Bad Moms. He's one of the sons of Mila Kunis. Oh, okay. Uh, but in this film, he is the kid who, like, refuses to stop believing in Santa. And he's just, like, such a pure and innocent soul. And he's the kind of kid that if someone tells him Santa is fake, you just want to punch that kid in the face for, like, breaking his little heart. Yeah, pretty much. Then Be or Max has a sister named Beth. She's played by Stephanie Lavie Owen. I think it's Stefania. Stefania? Oh, I, you're right. It is Stefania. Sorry. Misread that. Um, she has two film festival award wins, um, and she was also in The Lovely Bones, but that's really all I recognized her from. I had no idea who she was before I saw this movie, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And then their grandmother, Omi. I think is that German for grandma? Omi, I believe so. Oh, yeah, it is. In Dutch, okay. it's Oma. Oh, okay. And then in German, it's Omi. Fair enough. Well, I know in German they also say Oma, so maybe Omi is different. I'll look it up. Anyways, uh, she's played by Krista Stadler, who was born in Vienna, Austria, gorgeous city. If you ever get the chance to go, but that also explains why. 99.9% .9 of her film credits are not in English, so I didn't recognize her from anything. Yes, it does mean grandma. Mm. In German. Yes. She's had one win, two nominations. Uh, she, in this film, is a German native, 
She speaks German through the majority of the film until it becomes super relevant, and then she speaks English. Because we in America don't like to read subtitles, so they didn't want to make people read it. <laughs> I like how they played on it, though, because even the aunt's like, ah, English, I knew it, which was pretty great, so. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of really good one-liners throughout this film. <laughs> it really is. And so this family gets home from the store, and there's a black and white version of A Christmas Carol playing. This is only significant because the director is quoted in many places as saying that this film is inspired by the original Christmas Carol. That was the one playing, by the way, was the original Christmas Carol. That kind of comes into play, I guess, later. If When you try and like figure out the ending, <laughs> you're like, is it a happy one or not? I don't know. Uh, but this film kind of has a couple of cliches. Uh, one of the cliches is that the there's like this big family gathering that's happening for the holidays, of course. And the family of the Ingalls is like super uptight. They're financially well off, super stable. They have their other family coming to visit and they are like the Hick family. Um, so they are constantly judging them for like having less and being, I don't know, Hickish, I guess, is what they're playing off of. <laughs> Not being fancy. Yeah. Proper. Yeah, they're different. Uh, so How that's, dare they be different? Jesus. That's like in every holiday movie. Um, if you're not falling in love with a person from a rural town, then it's a hick family intruding upon an uptight family. <laughs> Those are your options. Uh, there's, time. there's no other ones. Uh, Christmas is just special. <laughs> <laughs> the family that's visiting is mom Sarah's sister's family. And that is consistent of Linda, who is the aunt, played by Allison Tolman. Didn't recognize anything else that she was in. Not really. Her husband, Howard, has the best lines throughout this whole movie. <laughs> he's played by David Kochner. Yeah. And he's had one win, seven nominations. The cast in this film is, he like, they're pretty decent. It's, it's fairly well known. Yeah. Uh, he is big for Anchorman. He plays Todd Packer in The Office. He's in Final Destination 5. He's got a lot of stuff. Lots of TV shows. He has a specific look and aesthetic that made oh, him perfect yeah. for this role. Yes. What's the look? What's the aesthetic? <laughs> the, the, oh. I have a big truck and lots of guns. Kind of yes. Like. There you go. Some that was perfect. <laughs> big, what was it? A Hummer I think he had or something like that? Yeah, it was like Lucinda. some... Yeah, Lucinda. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that. I lost my spot. Okay. Uh, together, <laughs> they have four kids. There's Howie Jr. Absolutely serves no purpose to this film. He just nope, doesn't say anything. He's awkward. He's, no, no, no. I take that back. His best, his, his, his kidnapping is like my favorite thing in the world. He... Oh, that sounds plot relevant. Kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> the... Yeah, but he like... We'll get there. Anyways, we'll but get to it. He like disappears and nobody cares. They're like, oh, that was unfortunate. No, no, moving on. <laughs> but like all the other children, all the other children, they're like, let's go into the snow and save them. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, he looks like the kid from Bad Santa a little bit. If you need a with, visual. With like duck lips though. <laughs> uh, they also have uh, non was it fraternal is the word? When yeah, they I look exactly so. alike? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, named Jordan and Stevie. They are played by Queenie Samuel and Lolo Owen. 
haven't really been in much since. No. Uh, and then they have a baby named Baby Chrissy. Hasn't been in anything since this movie, but she is adorable. Is she an actual baby? Yeah, she's a real baby. She's like a 18-month-old toddler kind of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense that she's not getting a lot of screen time. You would think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they bring along with them Aunt Dorothy, who's played by Conchata Ferrell. I don't know if she's actually pronounces she her was, name like that. She was widely loved and we miss her dearly. Uh, she was nominated for three Primetime Ev- Emmys, and she's got two wins under her belt. She became really big in Two and a Half Men as the like nanny house cleaner lady. Uh, she's a voice on Frankenweenie and the Wild Thornberries, which I feel like is reoccurrent in all of our episodes. Yeah, for Ooh. real. That's cool. What voice was she on the Wild Thornberries? Just like question. random side characters. That's cool. Mister, She said Mr. Deeds. She was also had like a one-time super minor role in Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Always comes back to the originating series of us, Def Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Uh, she's also in Edward Scissorhands as one of the like uh, oh, nosy neighbors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I need to watch that. I'm watching that tonight. We're doing Friendsgiving tonight, or Friends Friends Miss, and uh, we're gonna watch Edward Scissorhands tonight. Do you consider that a scary movie? No, I I consider it a Christmas movie. <laughs> All right. Well. I consider it a scary movie. To <laughs> 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 It was just so sad. I agree. Like, emotions were overwhelming. I agree. To the point where you know. But I like. I was always the weird person that had. I mean, I not weird, but I always had a big crush on Edward Scissorhands. I thought he was such a good-looking, crazy, uh, goth kid. It's a. <laughs> it's a drama. That's what it is. It's a drama. It is. Nosy neighbor drama. That's what it is. Anyways, back to Krampus. So Max has written this super precious, just heartfelt letter to Santa, and it's like very Cindy Lou Who. He's asking for things like more time with his sister and that his parents would be friends again because they fight all the time. His aunt and uncle could have like an easier life because he sees how hard they work for it. Yeah. So like it's like this selfishness thing that selflessness thing that people need in Christmas time is what he's going for. His cousins try to read it out loud as a way to, like, mock him for still believing in Santa. And they're like, oh, let's see what you asked for. And then it's like, oh, I wish that everyone was happy and that you could be happier together. And they're just like, oh, well, that kind of shit on our parade. And the fucking dads are just like, they're the the part that annoyed me the most. I felt like they should have stood up for their son just a little bit more. What did the cousins do after that? Were they like, oh, you're very sweet. Now we're friends. Oh, no. We'll oh, no. no, 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 no. Not at all. They said? They say, fuck you. Dad doesn't want, doesn't think we, or wish we were boys. And then a huge fight ensues. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Mean cousins. They are, again, in, like, this very, like, trope-fitting space. They made this Hick family, like, the dad is into football and wrestling, and he's raising his daughters in a very, like, binary boyish manner. And so that's why in his letter he was like, oh, I wish they could have another boy or something like that. Um, which is why they get so offended. Got it, got it. So Max gets sent to his room. He has this, like, super heartfelt talk with his dad about family and the holidays. And his dad says something about, like, Christmas and family is all about sacrifice. And that keeps coming up, like, 
consistently throughout the film this idea of like self-sacrifice being what everything is about Max tears up his letter, throws it into the the wind, and it like gets carried up. And then this big ass blizzard storm hits. Then like immediately, you get to December twenty third the next day. I like how they do those scene cuts and how they change the day with like opening of the advent calendar, like doors. It's a very traditional advent calendar. I think that it is a hand-me-down or a what is it called not a hand-me-down like something from her mom like like an ancestor heirloom yeah there you go thanks there you go (laughs) (laughs) we got there it's an heirloom from omi that she brought with her from her christmas and gave it to max and that's i think kind of has something to do with all of it but that's just me i can see that so they have this huge storm it knocks out all the power the roads, everything's white. There's these super awesome snowmen that are just starting to appear on their front lawn, which are my favorite part of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And starting to appear? Yeah, yeah. they just show up and then Max is like, Max is the only one that makes a big deal of it too because he's like, Mom, there's snowmen on the front yard. And she's like, okay, great. And he's like, but why? <laughs> he's like, who put okay. it there? And she's like, I don't care. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so during this big snowstorm, Beth, the daughter is like oh i can't talk to my boyfriend he's not responding and so her parents just let her wander off into this blizzard where they can like barely see 10 feet in front of their door to go clearly no cars on the road there's clearly nobody leaving their house like i don't know why the fuck you would even be like yeah that's fine just walk walk a couple of blocks yeah she looks maybe 14 15 like she's not old enough to be doing that yeah but needless so anyway, they put a hat on her and send her on her merry little way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, needless to say, she is the first one to see Krampus. And uh, this is the best thing in the world, though, the way that they do this like whole reveal with him, I think is the best thing in the planet. Well, go for it. You tell okay, anyone. Cool. So <laughs> <laughs> um, really fast. Uh, so as she uh, leaves, uh, leaves the house to see her boyfriend, you see her kind of just walking down the street and everything. You know how like the snow just subdues all the sound and everything's just always super quiet and crunchy yeah they kind of play on that as she's just walking through the streets and she's obviously shivering and cold and you hear like random bells in the distance you're like what the fuck is that and she turns and all of a sudden you see this fucking mass creature just land with a huge thud on the house and you're looking up at Krampus like what the fuck is that (laughs) Um, and it was just such a beautiful way of like showing, like introducing him. And Krampus is played by Luke Hawker, who um, has been in Wellington Port Paranormal. I am Mother. He's uncredited as a goblin in the uh, the Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. So oh. he's worked on a lot of like the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy in makeup and doing prosthetics and stuff, which is probably why he was so comfortable under all of that prosthetic because his whole outfit is a fucking beast. So cool. It's a lot. It is. Um, what real fast? Um, one of the things that I liked about that scene is they do the sleigh bells, um, which is supposed to be an exciting, thrilling thing as a kid, right? You're like, oh, sleigh bells, it's Santa. Um, mm-hmm. and then they turn it creepy as fuck by having this giant monster thing just thud Land on on a house. Yeah. So she goes running, and it follows her by just jumping across the houses like it's fucking nothing. 
which is the coolest scene in the world. And so she tries to get help by seeking this delivery truck that's stopped in the middle of the road, crawls underneath it, and one of his little uh, creature toy things is sitting underneath there, waiting for her, basically. Well, it's magically placed there while she's down there. Um, but it's really cool because he lands right next to her while she's hiding underneath the truck. And all you see are the hooves and, like, the cloak on the ground. Oh, he has hooves? Oh, yeah, that's right, because he's, yeah. like, part goat. Yeah, Krampus. So, yeah. And it's just so cool and well done with the way the chain's around it and everything. Basically, uh, the scene from Taken where he's like, this is very important. You're going yeah. to be Taken. <laughs> and she's like... <laughs> all you see is the feet, but they're hooves. Uh... The effects for Krampus, since you've been talking about that a little bit, um, they were done by a company called Weta Workshop. According to their website, they are an award-winning concept design and manufacturing facility founded by Richard Taylor and Tanya Roger. In 2012, Richard was named New Zealander of the Year. What a badass. A lot of the cast in this film is from New Zealand, or like that's their, their homeland. That's kind of cool. I like New Zealand. I've never been there, but I still like it. I love it. I've always wanted to go, but I feel that. (laughs) What I hear about it sounds great. (laughs) Who can afford it? Each other kiwis. That's so cute. (laughs) Fuzzy on the outside, green and seedy on the inside. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's not as cute, but... (laughs) Yes. Together, these two have five Academy Awards and four BAFTAs under their belt. And they have impressive. pretty much every project they've done has been like a major hit. So most recently, they were they worked on Dune, the new Mulan, Mortal Kombat, Bloodshot, Jumanji 2, I Am Mother, Men in Black 3, Godzilla, The Meg, Pacific Rim. They have done... Yeah, that's a lot. So all the big things. And I know a lot of those. They, like, you mentioned things that I didn't know, but I know those. They did <laughs> Thor, the Ragnarok... Polter- the Poltergeist remake, the Hobbit trilogy, the Lord of the Rings ones, the Lovely Bones, Avatar, uh, the Legend of Zorro, which is an oldie but a greatie. 30 Days of Night, which is one of my favorite um, vampire movies. The Narnia movies, Van Helsing, The Our Last Samurai. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've done so many and they've all been so good. Huh. So clearly these guys know what the fuck they're doing in their life. Good so. for them for, like, having a company and just being, like, super cool and badass. Right? Yeah. If they ever listen to your podcast, I want them to know that I would like to be their friend. <laughs> she wants I used you... to work at a haunted house. I'm used to the prosthetics. Let's let's do something. Can we be a couple of Kiwis? Can we all just... <laughs> yeah. I genuinely hate scary movies, but I still think we should be friends. <laughs> hey, hey, most of these, like, I mean... At least you got like Men in Black, got, uh, Ragnarok, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. See, they're not all scary movies. You're not good. all scary. You fit in. But I have a feeling that these Kiwis like scary movies. Just oh well, yeah. Just a thought. <laughs> I would be interested to know what kind of legends they have, because like a lot of got some cool ones. A lot of horror is based off, you know, like Japanese legends and stuff like that. So I'd be interested to see what theirs are. Yeah. So while uh, Beth is gone, um, she's she's been gone for a couple hours. The family uh, ends up getting a bag of toys left on their doorstep while uh, I think it was like a cheese bat, like a cheese basket thingy. Um, 
because there's a comment in there that goes, who needs this much cheese? And I would probably say the same thing. Well, then like, Howard just, Howard is like, rich people get all the stuff for free. <laughs> all the free stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, not wrong. While they're pulling that stuff in, uh, Sarah is telling Max to get Omi out of the fire before she burns the house down. But little does she know, she is making some hot chocolate for everyone. Traditional hot chocolate. But she's also, like, dead set on keeping the fire in the fireplace super hot lit. and burning. Yes. She's keeping it lit on the reels. Okay. Way lit. Mixing some schnapps into that hot cocoa without anybody knowing about it. <laughs> no, that's uh, Aunt Dorothy. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That eggnog. Um, <clears throat> night comes around. Beth still hasn't come back. Howard and Tom decide it's time to go look for her. And they take the super hummer. Uh, what did I say? It was Lucinda. Lucinda. Right? <laughs> uh, they take so the super hummer out. Yeah. To get her. My favorite is he's like, I could put her do what? What is he? A due east and we could be in Florida by morning. I'm like, okay. In a Hummer, you're gonna get seven miles before you have to fill that fucker up, so please, tell me that again. Uh. <laughs> he says Normandy, not Florida. Oh, does he say Normandy? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because he's talking oh, about how it could... Storm in the... Yeah, Storm in the Beaches at Normandy. Right? Yeah. Um, they find a abandoned snowplow in the middle of the street that appears to have been attacked by something... But uh, rather than being like the driver flying out of the window, it looks like something has gone into the truck. Um, go figure. Hmm. And they're like, let's go inside the truck. So they open it up. There's nobody in there. But uh, you well, know, the door it, was it open. Like yeah. And it looks no. like somebody somebody came through the windshield. Instead, they go into Derek's house, which has is the boyfriend. Um, it's abandoned. Everything's ice. And completely iced and frozen over. Uh, Beth is not there. There appears to have been a struggle. There's a bunch of stuff broken. And then there's like a bunch of foreshadowing moments in this house. It's so funny. <laughs> so there's this big gingerbread cookie thing that's like stuck to a fridge with a knife, like a kitchen knife in it. Like they stabbed the thing into the... the into the fridge. Yeah, yeah. They stabbed the thing into the thing and it's stuck yeah. there. If that, like a, like yeah. a Michael Myers throwback. There you go. It was kind of like a Michael throwback. I think. Uh, there's also like their fireplace is just like fucked up. The whole wall yeah, is torn out, and the fireplace is all like blown up looking. Um, and so Howard is like, "Oh yeah, it looks like a gas thing, like a gas line explosion." Yeah. Okay. Looks casual. No big deal. Yeah. Everybody's the house looks like this at all times. And you said that the house was like iced over. Completely iced over, fully frozen. He yeah, no big deal. That just happened. Yeah, and they're yeah, just like, you know what? There. Beth is probably fine. It's okay. She's, she's she's okay. She's totally safe. She's cool. She's figured it out. She's yeah. safe somewhere. <laughs> We're adults here. <laughs> so then they leave. And on their way back, they get attacked by something in the snow. Uh, they manage to escape it. They go back to the house. Freak everybody else out. When uh, when they get attacked, it reminds me of Tremors going through like the sand. Do you, do you remember Tremors? Did you ever watch that, George? It does, it does look like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a, I'm assuming that's a movie or a it was, show? It was a movie with like about a giant worm. Kevin Bacon. Uh, oh, no, yeah. I would not watch that. But it, I think they did really good at making it look like something slithering underneath the snow. It was pretty funny. Hmm. Okay, so they're like, we just got attacked. And 14-year-old niece, she's missing, but like... She's safe. She's yeah. probably good, even though we just got attacked and we're freaked out. Like, we're not going to worry about her right now. Yes, and so far, everywhere we've been, people have been attacked. <laughs> but she's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> and there's nobody else around at all. 
So yeah, sounds like Simpson adults, you know. Yeah, yeah, basically. They get back, they board up the house, they decide to keep watch overnight. Uh, So, of course, everyone falls asleep and that falls apart. The fire goes out. And then, Katie, you said this is your favorite part. Yeah, yeah. So, um, (laughs) everybody's asleep and all of a sudden you get this, like, little tinking sound. And this little hook comes down the chimney, a little metal hook. And, uh, hook. Like a, yeah, like a big, like, metal chain hook. Almost like a, I want to say a meat hook, but it's not a meat hook. It's like what you would attach to a car that you're pulling. Yeah, kind of. Okay. So it comes down the uh, chimney. Everybody's asleep, and there's a little gingerbread hooked into it. And go figure, fat-ass little Howie wakes up to the smell of gingerbread, and he's like, I'm going to go eat this gingerbread that's dangling in a hook in the middle of the fucking fireplace for no fucking reason. <laughs> Literally, this kid is poor little Howie Jr. Um, he grabs the gingerbread, takes one bite out of the head, and then gingerbread starts screaming. <laughs> like it's a little man? Like it's alive, yeah. Um and it starts bouncing all around Howie, wrapping him in the chain, and it starts pulling him up the chimney. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So um, Sarah wakes up, tries to grab her nephew from going up the chimney. chimney. Everybody else tries to help, um, and he gets taken away and snatched away. And I think it's fucking hilarious. And then they're like, oh, shit, Howie's gone. Eh. Yeah, they're like, Howie! Uh homeboy who's hurt attempts to run out the front door realizes that there's a whole bunch of snowmen there's more snowmen than there were before sitting in the front yard uh yells howie one more time then closes the door Hmm. (laughs) and then they just like don't talk about howie again after that (laughs) but they're they keep being like but what about beth (laughs) what about beth yeah so at that point um omi immediately gets back to the fire because the reason that Krampus was able to do that in the first place was because the fire had died. So Omi immediately gets back to tending to the fire, and that's when you get the whole traumatic backstory of why this is happening, or what she went through when she was a child. So, they... I think the way that they did her backstory was very pretty and very well done in the cartoon style that they used. Um, it, they made, do, yeah, it made... So me. they switched to animation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I like a claymation. Do that. Yeah, a claymation? It's, it's kind of... It's like... It's kind of like claymation, but it's not at the same time. It's CGI'd claymation. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, but it was really pretty. I wonder if that's a throwback to those uh, Christmas movies. I think it was. Oh, you remember those? Yeah, series, that series? yeah, like uh, the Rudolph movies and stuff. Yeah, and there's yeah. like um, I Mister Something Miser uh, Heat Miser. Yeah, <laughs> I Mister Heat Miser, and he's like weird and. Yeah. Uh, very round with a red nose. And they go put was one like foot the in one. front of the Frosty other. And yeah. soon you'll be walking out the door. So, good job. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. It probably was a big, like, throwback to that. Um, see, this is why. This is also why we needed Georgie in here. <laughs> um, Fresh so take. Uh, so Omi tells about when she was a young girl in Germany, um, which was roughly what we assumed to be post-World War Two. Probably not World War Two. Not, uh, not two, but yeah, World War. So it was really tough, and everyone had lost all their Christmas spirit. She had wished, and and she went home. Her family was fighting the same terms, and so she wished her family away instead of wishing for a happy Christmas. So that night, Krampus appeared, took her family to hell, and left her as an orphan to, as a reminder of what can happen if you lose your Christmas spirit. Then he left her with the the well-known Krampus bell that I actually have. I actually have a Krampus bill. 
remember. Oh. Forgot about that. <laughs> what do you mean you have a Krampus bell? I actually, I have a replica of the Krampus bell that they, um... It's a they... sleigh bell that says yeah. Krampus on it. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's like old and rusted over, basically. So you do really like this movie. I really enjoy this movie. But <laughs> also it was said to be cool. in a horror block, so like it was just a fancy little thing that I got. But Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> so she didn't do anything um, while they were taken, so it seemed a little less intense than what was going on now, obviously, which is why they're trying to fight to get their family back. But uh, during her story, she continues to push the sacrifice of giving in in this whole detail of this part. <laughs> it all comes back to the sacrifice of giving for Christmas kind of thing. So after this, the parents like wander off into the kitchen to do this grand plan. Uh, the twins wander upstairs and they're like, let's go into the attic because why not? So I think Beth's room is the attic and it that is. was also partially why they went up there is because they thought they heard Beth up there. So they go up there and they get attacked by toys from that random bag that was on left on their front porch. Coolest fucking toys, like looking creepy toys ever, too. <laughs> Linda, Sarah, and Tom all go upstairs to find the twins. Nope, Tom stays downstairs. He can't get up the stairs. No, Tom goes upstairs. Howard stays downstairs. Oh, you're right, you're right. Sorry. And Aunt Dorothy hangs out with baby Chrissy and Omi in the living room. So while they are in the attic, uh, I lost my spot. Okay. Oh, so while they're in the attic, they see this giant, like, jack-in-the-box toy thing. It's called a, like, in this movie, they call it Der Clown, which is the clown in German. Der Clown. Yeah, in case you didn't know, they're really laying heavy into the German legend of this. <laughs> uh, and this clown apparently swallowed Jordan whole. Like, he just, like, unhinged his jaws and, like, shoved her down head first. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. And then it just, like, takes its fat little self and climbs through the ventilation system. My, my biggest question on this, whose house ventilation system is that fucking big? Like, I think you see that in all movies, right? Like, the vents yeah. are huge yeah. and, like, two people are sitting next to each other in a vent and you're like, well, that's just a movie, but, like, I don't know. The... Jack in the Box Der Clown character is played by stuntman Brett Breedy, who was also a stunt double in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I'm seeing some links here, if you haven't noticed. Uh, Linda, who is the mother of the twins, gets attacked by some crazy-ass teddy bear, which looks like... I don't know if you guys have seen them, but the have you seen those teddy bears where people will send them their baby teeth? And they, yeah. like, oh. sew the baby teeth into the bear's mouths. Like Jesus, the teddy bear mouse? No. Oh, Google I it. you were talking about the uh, bears that you squeeze that, like, make the angry face? No. I was thinking you were thinking of that. No. Uh, people... That is such a creepy thing. It You're is. Like, Here's a bear that has all your baby, baby teeth. teeth in it. You Tell have to that. Google it. It's traumatizing. <laughs> That's like a weird take on taxidermy, I'd say. Yes. It looks exactly like those. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So that attacks Linda. That is called Teddy Clow, I think is what it, how you pronounce it. Ah! That, that is <laughs> Did you look it up? I'm I not going to look it up. Don't do it. Um, it's terrifying. Very, you looked up what it looked like, and I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is what child's nightmares are made of. That's terrifying. 
And it's real teeth. That's so gross. Nope. Who came up with that idea? Nope. It's just so weird. Nope. The teddy bear looks like the one that's pictured on the advent calendar for the day the 23rd. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Tom. They're really tying things together here. They do. They do. Tom gets attacked by a robot toy called TikTok, which is spelled just like TikTok. Yeah. Huh. When did TikTok come out? Uh, not 2015. Uh, not this early. <laughs> okay, cool. I feel like 2015 is more like Vine era. <laughs> TikTok is yeah, post Vine. Yeah, I remember Vine. Never used it, but yeah, I we enjoyed watching them. So this robot looks like the draw, like a drawing that's in Max's room. I don't know if you paid attention, but he's got yeah a homemade robot picture. Um, so there's another tie. Plus, it is also on the advent calendar for day six. Which is why I think that that heirloom advent calendar plays into this. So, okay. how many people at this point have been attacked? Like, and when you say attacked, have they been attacked, or are they missing now? So they're so getting having... mauled. Like they're fighting these toys. Okay. Uh, Jordan, at this point, Jordan, Beth, and, and Howie, Howie Junior have been snatched up. Yeah, no longer part of the story. And uh, the other twin, I just forgot her name, Stevie. Dora, Stevie, yeah. She is like passed out on the floor up here while they're getting attacked. She was in the process of getting eaten by the, uh, the dude that ate her sister, the thing that ate her sister. Dur clown. Uh, yeah, but okay. the parents walked up and came and walked into the middle of it and scared the clown into the uh, system, the air duct. Got it. Yeah. And now they're all fighting these toys. Yeah. Yes. Because these are toys that were left on their front porch that they had no idea what They are Krampus's version of homemade toys, workshop toys. Yep. And then finally, Sarah is getting attacked by like some evil angel cherub looking thing. And it looks just like the tree topper in her living room that they draw specific attention to because they're like, I didn't know you had mother's angel. Um, so I thought that was like a weird thing that they did too. Um, I want an angel like this so I can put it on my Christmas tree. Not gonna lie, it's the, <laughs> it's the coolest looking angel ever. I've seen cool, but you I know. think it kind of looks like um, Bride of Chucky in a weird way, um, hmm. with less like black makeup on her face. <laughs> Georgie and I can't argue. We haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I didn't know that. Isn't Chucky like a doll who comes scares yeah. people? Yeah, kills people with a knife. Yeah, hey, he has a bride. Chucky has a bride. I think we just solved the origin story of Chucky. He is a Krampus toy. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That We're just going to change this podcast to Salt. <laughs> salt. Horror movie Salt. Uh, anyways, the name of this thing is called Prochetta. I googled. I, I tried to use the Google machine to figure out what that meant in German, and it just means prochetta, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's food, I'm pretty sure. So they named an angel food. I don't know. Angel food! There you go. Solved! <laughs> to Jacob Grimm, prochetta spoken in a high German in the 10th century as Frau Brucher, Brucher, Brucher something, um, is thought to be the white-robed goddess who oversaw oh. spinning and weaving like the myths of Holda. Oh, so fun story. I will get into detail about this later. 
but there's also something let me find her name I have to scroll down on my notes her name is Frau Frau Brucher Oh, I found it. I know the link. Um, so there's a legend of somebody named Frau Percha. Perch, it's Perchta, but they added a letter in here. Perchta. She is also pleasantly known as the Belly Slitter. If that brings oh, pleasant images to your mind. Um, but she is considered the female version of Krampus. Oh, okay. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense then. Cool. See, solved. Got it. Yeah, the the some of the photos they have like for her is creepy. And we'll go into that later, but just to tie that together. See, if we just talk through it, we don't need to do research ahead of time. <laughs> we do it live. <laughs> well, and meanwhile, while all of these guys are fighting everything uh, upstairs in the in the attic, um, Howard is getting his ass kicked and attacked by these little gingerbread men. <laughs> are the highlight of this fucking movie. I am not even kidding. There's three of them using a fucking nail gun to nail him, like, in the legs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they're all screaming at him and shit. And he gets, he's, like, thrown to the floor at one point, and he has a gun on him, and they all come, like, running at him with, like, a knife or something, and he just shoots him. And it's the most entertaining scene I've ever seen in my life. This does sound very cartoonish, and I guess maybe that's the point, if it is uh, more of a satire. It's... But... It is. It sounds more cartoonish than I thought. But it's because when I think scary, I don't think like <laughs> I right. think of like the Shrek gingerbread man like fighting. It does look kind of. exactly like that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not done in like it's weird because it's not done in a comedy fashion. But there's undertones so. of yeah. comedy, and everyone in this movie is very self-aware of how ridiculous what is happening is happening because even he walks out and he's like listen i just got my ass beat by gingerbread men so nothing will surprise yeah, me because he's like what happened up there and her, his wife's like uh, you wouldn't even like you you don't want to know and he's like honey i just got my ass kicked by gingerbread men please just fucking tell me what is going on and that's good i like the self-awareness that's a nice touch the gingerbread are also seen on the advent calendar for day 22 or 23. I think it's 22, because I think 23 yeah. is the teddy bear. Yeah. Um, so the gingerbread men are named Lumpy, Dumpy, and Clumpy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the voice actor for Lumpy is Seth Green. Of fucking course it is. He is in Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Of course he's Oz and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. He's the awkward little redhead and without a paddle. He's oh, always the awkward him. little redhead. Okay. Yeah, He's that's always the awkward. I put that he one. Also has his own podcast. I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we're not gonna plug it because we want you to listen to ours. Yeah. <laughs> He's also in that '70s show and voices uh, Chris Griffin in Family Guy. He's also the voice of Howard the Duck in Guardians of the Galaxy One and Two. <laughs> that's There's awesome. A duck? Yeah, Howard the Duck. I uh. I need to catch up on my Marvel, but he's in a lot. Good for him. Don't listen to his podcast, folks. Yeah. <laughs> listen to us <laughs> talk ours. about him. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Dumpy is voiced by Breen Burns, who is the voice in the like latest Invader Zim TV movie. Okay. He's also listed as additional crew for Trick or Treat. Oh, okay. He did the titles at the end, I think. Oh. Uh, the voice of Clumpy is Justin Roiland. He is the voice for Rick and Morty. Oh, that's cool. 
Rick and Morty are voiced by the same person. Indeed. Yeah. That must I be super difficult. That, it's me nightmares. So. <laughs> oh, I love that show. <laughs> There's a dog. She's named Rosie. <laughs> she is the only reason Howard survives the gingerbread man because she eats the final gingerbread man. Like yeah, midair, yeah. just chomps just it. Chomps on it, yeah. The Why dog. Do you think of that? Well, he tried to get her to go with him in the first place, and she ran away, and he calls her a useless No, dog. no, why didn't he think to eat the gingerbread men? Because they were wielding oh. knives. And shooting him with nail guns. Rosie had the sure, element okay. of surprise. There we go. <laughs> uh, Rosie the dog is played by Thor. This is... The dog Thor, yeah. This is Thor's only film. <laughs> <laughs> She did damn good though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut the dog's face and put it on like a poster for Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> that sounds good. That's what I was thinking. You're like played by Thor. I was like, huh, that would be a really interesting scene to watch. And then I'll put Chris Hemingsworth's face on Thor the dog, eating the gingerbread man. There we go. Um, so following this, a bunch of like crazy little masked elves run in. My my favorite part though is when she's like when Omi sees like hears because there's like specific sounds and drums that start happening and hitting and they're like everybody's like what the fuck's going on and all the creatures are like yay and all you hear is Omi say one word in German and it's and it, it says it's the only like thing that has a subtitle for it and it goes elves there's other subtitles but yeah but yeah that's when the elves come through they're cool elves. looking elves I'm dude. so they're interested cool. to know about the elves they were like these uh, what is it called? Clo brown cloaks, potato bag type cloaks. But they mm -hmm. wear masks like the Grinch does when he's pretending to be a who. Huh. If you can picture that scene. Um, they wear like those kind of masks. Hmm. But they're really creepy. It's really cool. Um, but they break in through the window and they snatch up baby Chrissy, Aunt Dorothy, and Howard. Aunt Dorothy, the way that she gets snatched up is the absolute best in the world because she gets a little song or sound when she gets pulled out of the window. Yeah, whenever <laughs> stuff happens, there's like these cheesy there's little sound effects that are sounds um, to go with it to add to that comedic undertone. Mm -hmm. The So the remaining family, which now consists of Tom, Linda, Sarah, Max, oh. and Stevie. Oh. No, Howard got snatched through the window. Oh, you're right. And Omi, right? Did you say Omi? Omi, yeah. And yes, and Omi. Um, they decide they're going to make a break for the snowplow to try and get to civilization, basically. Uh, everyone runs out except for Omi, who stays behind and closes the door because she's like, I'm going to face Krampus. I think she blames herself for Krampus coming. Uh, so she is like, I think she secretly hopes that if she sacrifices herself to Krampus, it will end the the whole thing uh, because well, you know sacrifice even max like earlier tries to tell her i think this is all my fault and she's like no no and so that i think you could be right that she blames herself for this thinking that it's because of her uh so, so can i guess how that sacrifice goes yes it doesn't go well he kills her and the story continues basically yep uh -huh. Nailed it. Have you seen this? 
Yeah, I guess disclosure to everybody, I have not seen this, <laughs> um, but I think they figured that sure, out. Sure, that's, that's what they all say. <laughs> As you can tell, this is a very unique storyline. You could not guess it. <laughs> And so on their way to the snowplow, all the adults get snatched up by the thing in the, the little trimmer in the snow. Snake thing, yeah. Max and Stevie are in the snowplow, and he's, like, trying to turn it on. And, again, in a very self-aware moment, he's like, I don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, st- and then an elf grabs Stevie. Krampus walks up to Mas- Max, sorry, gives him the Krampus bell, and then just, like, wanders off. And Max is like, oh, shit, this is exactly what happened to Omi. Uh, so Max is like, fuck this. Chases down Krampus where he finds Krampus's sleigh in like this weird ritual dance scene that's happening. Um, it's like a, like they're all like around a fire and the elves are jumping and it's, they're just having a grand old time. And Max is like, take me instead. Leave my family alone. Krampus opens up this like portal to hell in the middle of where they're at and throws everybody in including max so basically krampus is the devil i mean if he's half goat right yeah yeah i think that's the idea he's got he's half goat half demon i think something like that but he looks like the dark he's he's the dark side of saint nicholas he anyways we'll get into his face is awesome in this film because oh it's so perfect he looks like a petrified mummy face hmm it's great. He's, a lot of the time, he's always, or a lot of the time, he's portrayed with his mouth really widely open and this huge snake-like tongue out. And they, uh, they do really well with um, portraying that at one point in this movie. But guess what? That wasn't the end of the movie. Nope. So Max, you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> you hope it is. Uh, so Max wakes up and it's christmas day and everything is back to normal their house is perfectly normal there's no crazy snowmen the family's all there and alive uh he opens a present and it's the krampus bell and then everyone starts remembering what happened and then it like zooms out and it turns out that their house is in a snow globe that krampus is holding and he puts it down on a shelf and it zooms out more and he's in a room of snow globes of other houses. The ending is very ambiguous. Are they alive for one? Did they actually get released to live their Christmas? Um, Or two, are they trapped in some sort of hellish dimension thing in a snow globe with Krampus? Can I just tell you that when we were in theaters watching this and as soon as like Max woke up from like his dream and stuff like that, would they make it? Andy looks at me and goes, if they try to make this a happy fucking ending, I'm gonna be pissed. I was like, just give it a minute. Let's just see what they have for us. You know, I would like a happy ending for a scary movie for once. Because it could still be scary, but then, you know, like it doesn't have I, mean, I feel like you get a lot of happy endings in scary movies. Yeah, I was going to say, arguably, the majority of scary movies are happy endings. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I guess I don't watch get away enough. from the killer. They kill the killer. They arrest the killer. Like, they the exercise the, the demons. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was happy to see this. Um, okay. I, really I guess I'm just it. misinformed, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the lack of watching the horror. But movie. to be fair, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paranormal Activity was not a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm pretty sure that whole series ends like pretty bad for them, for the people. Um, but I don't know if I watched all of them. 
you don't want to. The franchise in general went downhill real quick after one and two. Oh. I think I saw the third one. They were like, uh, the mom and the aunt were like kids. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. That was weird. But I didn't watch after that. Theories for this ending. Um, Our good old reliable screen rant is a block that we refer to quite often, Georgie, if you didn't know. (laughs) Uh, They are like a black hole of info because like each article has more <laughs> has another article that you can go to that it's like a wikipedia page basically where it's like links within links um, but they theorize that the snow globe may be interpreted as the krampus's view uh basically it's his portal into the real world from his hellish dimension oh, and so it's their way of saying that they survived yeah so the snow globe is basically how he like gets there keeps an eye on people who have lost their christmas spirit like omi um he keeps an eye on them through this snow globe and then if they ever lose their spirit or something he just jumps in through the snow globe which could also explain the blizzard because you shake a snow globe right yeah and it redoes the snow right so there's the massive snowstorm that happened out of the middle of nowhere he's like snow globe psh, transports himself <laughs> in you can't see it, but I'm acting out a snow globe. <laughs> so, I have a question here. If Krampus is like the evil twin of Santa or the spirit of Christmas, um, a.k.a. maybe like Jesus versus the devil, because I think that's what Christmas is actually about. I don't know. Um, no? Okay. Well, um... If he's the opposite of Santa, right? He's like mean, evil person. Why is he like, oh, but you guys need to keep your Christmas spirit? Wouldn't he want to be the one that's like trying to disrupt the Christmas spirit? Right? No, because even in religious lore, um, that was probably super offensive to some people, but in religious <laughs> lore, the devil is. Uh, he just promotes he still is like technically promoting good um yeah he wants you to do good but he will he will punish the the misbehaving children yeah and like he is i guess the one who like tricked eve and blah blah but um at the end of the day he's still punishing people who did bad based off these rules of goodness so okay so he's the punisher krampus just is the kind of punisher the very scary Punisher. And so, and there are also evil elves. I wonder if there are not evil elves in this lore. Well, Santa Claus has elves, right, that help build his workshop and build the toys and stuff. Okay. So. So they're supposed to exist in one world. Sorry for the lore clarification. My question, <laughs> because this is—it's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus comes much later in Earth history. This is based off Saint Nicholas. Uh, okay. Which is the same but different. Same, same but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I couldn't tell you specifics about Saint Nicholas and how his elven workshop works or where it is. I don't know yeah. if it's North Pole located. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. I think that's Santa Claus specific. Um, but yeah, I think they both are supposed to work in this opposite realm, kind of a thing. Okay. 
fun fact that I just randomly found out by trying to search for Krampus and a little bit of the legend. Um, apparently the Nazis banned it back in the day, and anyone caught dressed up as Krampus faced the death penalty because it perceived as a devil figure. And the Nazis banned the pagan or banned it because of its pagan origin origins. As Keep that in mind because that is like I, a big part I of. I left the tab up. There's a big part so. of it. So, <laughs> the opposite side of this is like that's the happy ending. Oh, they lived happily ever after. Everyone learned their lesson. Merry Not Christmas. Um, the opposite side of that, also a screen rant idea, is that I'm sorry if you can hear my dog is chasing the cats. <laughs> the snow globe may also be interpreted as like a prison for Max and his family because they lost their Christmas spirit. They have to they are like doomed to relive Christmas over and over and over again as like a punishment, I guess. I don't That's know. That's what I was thinking when you first said it that they were like stuck in there forever and he's like, "Ha ha." ha. That was kind I of my thought. That was my thought when I first saw this too, so and like over time he's just collected all these snow globes and that's how he eats his snow globe power i don't know <laughs> snow globe power <laughs> and like you're that. a snow globe and you're a snow globe <laughs> yeah he just puts his hand on a snow globe and he's like oh yes feel the power <laughs> yeah exactly he's <laughs> like this is how i recharge god <laughs> It's like those electric balls that you like stick your fingers on and the little electrodes oh, yeah. follow you. Totally. And I did see um when I looked up Krampus, like a picture of his hand. I think it was on a snow globe, right? It looks uh -huh. like that. So yeah, like those weird balls that were like <laughs> that in elementary school I really wanted one, but Elliot had one. Do you remember that, Izzy? I think we broke it. I think we did too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also made his desk pink once by spraying too much shit in his room. Oh yeah, we sprayed all of his uh, uh, yes and, and everything else that he had to make himself smell good or gross. Uh, yeah, we were terrible little sisters. It was great. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, so the idea, the like resounding idea, is that it's a happy ending. Uh, although the director hasn't said yes. They live happily ever after. He has alluded to that this is a very, uh, this is heavily, um, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Based on that movie, A Christmas Carol, where he has oh, these oh, visions. So you, change, you change your ways and therefore you're a better person. Well, he has those visions and although he had those and they did happen, that's not the reality. And so another theory is that Krampus gave Max and his family this whole vision thing, but because Max sacrificed himself and clearly like learned from his lesson, he was allowed to have his family back, and so it was more of a memory instead of something that actually happened. Oh, okay. Unlike with Omi, where she actually did lose her family and it was this she didn't take tragic claymation memory. Exactly. Okay. Okay, I can understand that one a little bit. Um, and to me, that part makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider the bell. So the bell, to me, is a lot like the, the sleigh bell that the kid gets in the Polar Express. Uh, where he, oh, yeah. He, to, like, help you remember, like, oh, this is, uh, this happened. Exactly. He gets it, and that's the only reason he can remember that those events of the night, like, truly happened, is because he has that bell that only he can hear, or 
kids who believe in Santa yeah. can hear. Interesting. I've, I haven't seen Polar Express, so I actually didn't know the story behind that. So that's that's a, it's a book, first well, and I foremost. Did, yeah. I've but never read it. Okay, yes, well. you did. Definitely. You just you don't remember. remember. I've read it to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's even worse. Oh, I'm hurt. Um, but yeah, so I think that's where that idea comes from. So that's like how they remember that that those events really did happen. Interesting. Okay. I like that theory the most because then they're still not dead. And then what does does Omi react to seeing the bell? Everybody just like like their faces drop and they all start looking around the room at each other and then they do like a over voicing in the background of them like going through all these events so you know that they're remembering everything that happened yeah and they're like i'm never fucking cooking gingerbread men again (laughs) Um, and then of course like throughout the film you see people reconciling with each other like howard and tom they build this new respect for each other and they become closer the two sisters get back together because i guess they used to fight a lot as a kids aunt dorothy becomes like instead of just the drunk crazy aunt she becomes really helpful she takes care of baby crazy the whole time the parents start communicating and are like i miss you so like everything that max was complaining about the family like really comes together at the end Uh, and then there's tons of almost everybody like in some way sacrifices themselves for somebody Uh, so i think all of that plays into that whole theme of self-sacrifice for the holidays and for family and that's why they were allowed a second chance is because they proved that they were oh, well, indeed like willing that. to do that selfishness act kind of self selflessness yeah. <laughs> selflessness god damn it apparently i don't know words today <laughs> and from there we get into krampus yay so <laughs> georgie do you want to talk about center claws first yeah um Going over it, Sinterklaas definitely doesn't compare to Krampus in the way that uh, Krampus is kind of more evil and, um, yeah, evil, I would say. But Sinterklaas has a lot of his own issues, especially today, um, after the whole, like, uh, 2020 and people realizing that we've been doing things incorrectly for a long time. So, I'll get into it. Um, Sinterklaas is this tall guy who wears a Pope hat. Uh, he has a long white beard. I don't know when the origins of the, um, not the theory, but the legend. Legend, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, happen but so he's this big guy he also has like a shepherd's cane and he was such a giving old pope like man um he decided that he was gonna free all the slaves in the netherlands so he bought all their freedom and as the story goes which is where the problematic part comes in all the slaves were like we are so thankful that you freed us how about we work for you for free um, and then the his number one right hand man, uh, Pete. They call him Swarther Pete, or at least they did until two or three years ago. Swarther means black. Um, so Swarther Pete, Black Pete, now called Chimney Pete. Um, Chimney Pete and Sinterklaas would go from rooftop to rooftop, 
and if the kids were good, then Swarthor Pete would go down the chimney and um, put some uh, cookies in the wooden shoes next to the fireplace, and you were supposed to leave a carrot in the wooden shoe, and then Swar er, Chimney Pete would grab the carrot, go up, feed the majestic white horse that Cynthia Claus was on, but Pete, he didn't need a horse, don't know why, but he didn't get a horse, and then they would just go rooftop to rooftop, and um, if you were a bad kid, if you were a bad Dutch kid, um, Swart, uh, I keep wanting to say Swart or Pete because that's what I grew up on, but Chimney Pete and Cynthia Claus would put you in a burlap sack and kick you a bunch, and then take you to Norway, because that's where Sinterklaas lived, take you to Norway for a year, till you learn to be a good kid. And then you'd get brought back. So you didn't get a lump of coal if you were bad, you just got kicked in a burlap sack, which is <laughs> really intense. And essentially, what that always made me like think of was like, oh, Elves are slaves. Like, this is ridiculous. Why do we think elves are such a great, fun thing? Um, that's not true. Um, and then, to this day, there are big parades, Sinterklaas parades, that happen in the Netherlands. And Sinterklaas is on the 5th of December. So that's when they have their parade. That's when Christmas is for them. Um, and people will dress up as Sinterklaas and Chimney Pete, but people for decades white people would just do blackface and wear the costume and it was really bad and the dutch store <laughs> here in utah um they did that i think up until like five or six years ago and then they switched it and then the whole controversy controversy with um you know people coming out and speaking up and the black lives matter movement uh, they've changed it <laughs> and now it's just like a person of any race who's wearing the costume and then they put like black like soot on them as if they went through a chimney so you'd have like a soot on your nose and then on your arms and so the scary part of Sinterklaas is that he's racist He's he's almost worse than that because he doesn't realize he's a racist. He's a hero yeah. white guy racist. Yeah. Um, and, and you said this happens on December 5th? Yep. Oh, so. interesting. That is the same night that Krampus not happens, which is when oh. they celebrate Krampus and that, stuff. That makes sense um, for some reason to me because in Europe, they just, you know. Yeah. Because when you said that, I was like, I know Krampus not is on a day like that too. Because we we my friends Shelby and I celebrated it and made hot chocolate with rum or with uh, oh that's cool peppermint schnapps and stuff. And so, anyways, I wanted to tie that in. You passed. Hmm. Well, I guess they are related in some way. So, but hopefully the elves that Krampus has get compensated. <laughs> I think they enjoy their time kidnapping people. They sure made it look fun. Um, you know, after Krampus does his little horny session with the the what is it called snow globes he passes them around to the elves so they get they a little yeah they get a little yeah they all get a little buzz off of there them. you go <laughs> snow globe power uh, so like a drug. <laughs> according to britannica uh krampus is in like saint nicholas 
it's basically what you were talking about. It's like Sinterklaas, but it's um, two different people instead of one person. Because, you know, okay. we, we have to make things black and white. You're either good or you're bad. You can't be both. Yeah. <laughs> we are not complex beings. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> we are not layered. And so in some places, most places say this is like straight from Germany. But I found, I think it was like history.com or something. I um, was talking about how it could have originated in Austria and then just kind of like spread to Germany. Not that that's like really important, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, hmm. So Krampus was thought to have originally been part of pagan rituals, which is why the Nazis and anyone who believes in Christianity, Catholicism, took such a shit on it uh, for the winter solstice. And according to the legend, he is the son of Hel, the Norse god of the underworld. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense then, that he's devilish. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they're... Because they, like, the underworld is different than hell. It's not just yeah, for, not like... the same. Yeah, it's different. It, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if they they probably saw it differently than we do now, where we see brimstone, fire, torture. For them, it was just a different realm where souls went, right? Yeah. It's different. You're, like, you're not a great soul. You can go hang out with all the other not-great souls. And, well, like... Greek mythology, they don't have, like, a heaven. It's the underworld. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone goes oh. to the same place, but you live different underworld lives. Like, I don't... It's complicated, but it's not heaven and hell. It's just the underworld. And then oh, okay. every all the other stuff falls in there. So I don't know how that works with Krampus. Yeah. But... I guess you said Norse mythology, right? Yeah. I need to ask my girlfriend Shelby. She believes in all of that, and she follows the North North mythology guides and stuff. So, I'll yeah. Ask her. So, do you know that if uh, Norse mythology does or does not have like a heaven, and it's all just underworld, like Greek if, mythology? I you believe might have... I believe it's the underworld kind of deal because okay. um, there, if I remember correctly, there's no like separation of it. It's just you go down. It's the river sticks. You go down. Uh, So, with the spread of Christianity, as Katie was talking about, uh, Krampus became associated with Christmas because the Catholic Church was really annoyed that Krampus was even being celebrated because it's a pagan ritual, even though, like, all of the Catholic things are Christian or pagan, pagan, but whatever. Uh, So they got annoyed, so they found a way to incorporate Krampus into their own things because they banning them wasn't working. So they're like, fine, we'll just bastardize it and make it ours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Krampus and St. Nicholas are said to arrive the evening of December 5th, which, as Katie said, is Krampusnacht or Krampus night. And according to the St. Nicholas Center, a man named Nicholas was said to have been born in the 3rd century AD in the village of Patara. Uh, used to be Greek, Greece, and now it's like Turkish area. Um, it is said that his parents died when he was young, and they left him a fortune. He was incredibly religious, became ordained as a priest, and he used all of his fortune to help others and become a protector of children. He performed, quote-unquote, miracles to help them. So he threw money at it, and they got saved. <laughs> <laughs> he was... 
<laughs> he was persecuted by the Roman Emperor Diocletian and buried in 343 AD in a church where a substance with healing powers called manna was formed, like grew around his grave. And so the day of his death, which is labeled December 6th, became uh, like St. Nicholas Day. So Krampus night is December 5th, goes into Christmas, basically, at December 6th. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. And I, I guess I never really thought about how St. Nicholas and St. Nick and Santa were different. Um, but... I'm wondering if Santa Claus, because you said that is also celebrated December 5th, 6th? Yeah, December 5th. I'm wondering. Um, And he has like a Roman Pope hat. So I wonder how that mixes in with the whole Roman church being like, uh uh, we're going to actually, we have this other guy who kind of looks like the Pope, but he's not the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) He's also super rich. um, And he's white. He frees all the slaves in the Netherlands and then decided to be his elves. I'm wondering if he freed them on December 5th, 6th, like if that's why that day is specific. I don't know. No, I that's I think that's just kind of a side story of how he got his sidekick. Um gotcha. Who makes the toys. But not the significance <laughs> of the date. I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I that would be nice if they were like, Oh, it's so significant that we're like freeing all these people on this day and we're gonna celebrate that but um I just have a feeling that's not. <laughs> that's <laughs> October 31st. They're like, shit, we lost all of our workers. Scariest day ever. We have to do our own work. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, like, days, right? Um, so when did Christmas move from, like, December 5th, 6th to the 25th? And that, again, we can thank the Roman Church. Hmm. So it's Roman Church. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's kind of a few theories about why they picked December 25th specifically, because even though it is celebrated as the day of Jesus's birth, we all know Jesus was not actually born on that day. Um, they've scienced the shit out of it. It didn't happen. So <laughs> the church in Rome. I thought it was just because it was, sorry. Oh, no, I did. go ahead. Um, I thought it was because the solstice was on the 21st and... They really were trying to, I don't know, combine holidays, and so it moved that way. But I'm interested to hear what you're about to say. So, <laughs> the, the church <laughs> in tell us, Izzy, tell us now. the church in Rome began formally celebrating Christmas on December 25th in 336 A.D. or B.C. I don't know. It didn't attach numbers <laughs> or letters. I'm assuming it's probably A.D. Um, yeah during the reign of emperor constantine as constantine had made christianity the like legitimate religion of rome which was like this huge huge thing uh they think that he chose december 25th as like some big political move in order to weaken the pagan celebrations so like you said they celebrate the winter solstice during that time overshadow it yeah so he was like again i can't beat you so I'm just going to... It's their way of saying, fuck the pagan religion. Yeah, I'm going to convince you that you're kind of right, but mine is all the way right kind of a thing. So oh, sounds, like a, sounds like a religion I know oh too well here in Utah. I'm just going to blow over that. Uh, the anthropologist, 
George, I think his middle name's James Fraser. He believed that the whole December 25th date started in Egypt, or like Egypt, Syria. Okay. Um, in the Julian calendar, the 25th of December was considered the winter solstice, as George oh. said. And uh, in Egyptian culture, they regarded it as the nativity of the sun because the day begins to lengthen and the power of the sun um, increases from that turning point of the year. So after that, the days only get longer. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. This is a naive question, and I'm asking this as I pull up a map, but I wonder where Egypt is, uh, like, in proximity to the equator? Because if it's really close to the equator, then it's going to be hard for them to tell when, like, the solstice is, you know? Because, like, if you're on the equator, then the days all year round seem pretty similar, you know? But then if you're up in Alaska, some days there are no nights, and then, or, yeah, some days there are no nights, and then some days there are no days, depending on the time of year. Does that make sense? I couldn't tell you how they measured the power of the sun <laughs> and do those things <laughs> come on izzy you um, have all the answers i thought you knew this i'm sure they had people who like measured the hours in the day and could notice some difference or it could be that their crops are um like just they go off their crop cycles so because some things that really need a lot of sunlight and power don't grow during that time they know that the sun is like quote unquote weaker and yeah. that's why their solstice is December 25th and ours is like December 21st because we can tell because we, you know, the equators are different, um, but they couldn't tell as much. So it probably varied a little bit more. That's hmm. the only thing I could come up with. Um, <laughs> and they also had like, there was a lot of movement of goods and stories coming from north down. So they could have, you know, kind of merged Mesopotamian ideals Anyways, Google it, people. I don't know. I'm just talking out of my ass. I did look it up, and Egypt is um, a decent way away from the equator. Decent enough for, I think, the days to be longer and shorter. So, yeah. Because yeah. it's not like the top, or part, the top part of Africa, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Germany is a lot further north, obviously. Yeah. Anywho, Izzy, keep going. Um, I mean... <laughs> That was basically it. Uh, it was later moved from December 25th to January 6th. I don't know why specifically January 6th, but January 6th did eventually become known as the Feast of Epiphany, uh, which oh. later, when Catholicism Christianity took over everything, uh, they kept that day of importance um, and commemorated it as the arrival of the Magi in Bethlehem. So when everyone came and said, oh, look, a baby. <laughs> so. <laughs> a very important baby. Good job. <laughs> uh, just like, you know, Santa Claus and Santa Claus. Uh, St. Nicholas rewards children by leaving presents. Not cookies, but presents. I don't know why. I don't know when, um, like, cookies became, like, big fancy presents, but who knows. Yeah, well, Sinterklaas didn't ever leave presents. It was just, like, these really... I wish I could remember the name now. I feel like a bad Dutch person. But little... 
little tiny cookies. Go back like, to Deutschland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but never presents. Um, that became a thing later. Probably wealth transformed that as well. Yeah. While St. Nicholas was like, oh, look at the cute little babes and leaving presents, uh, Krampus was like these little shits and was beating them with branches and sticks. Jesus. In some cases, he would also eat the naughty ones or drag them to the underworld with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he brought them back. Um, I think mostly he just took them. Yeah, I will say Claus sounds like a mix of the two because um, he does like... Well, it doesn't eat them, but he beats them in a burlap sack and then takes them home for a year. So, really quick, Georgie, are they the pepper notin? Uh, paper notin. Yeah. Yeah, that one. They I, are I that. just I just looked up Santa Claus cookies. <laughs> yeah. Katie uh, is our googling machine. Nota, and they're oh, really okay. good. I really love them. Um, and then chocolate letters. Uh, Izzy, you might have received one in the past from my family. Um, but because my name starts with a G, Georgie, I'd get a giant chocolate letter G. And uh, it was great. I miss getting those. We don't celebrate much as adults. <laughs> <laughs> so on Krampus night, they do something called a Krampusloff. <laughs> if that's German, couldn't tell you. Um, I believe it is. <laughs> called it and this is a Krampus run and this is something that people do like all over the world this is how people celebrate uh, and this activity which more often than not involves a shit ton of alcohol people dress up as their version of Krampus and they parade through the streets scaring spectators and sometimes chasing them yeah that, a lot of people do this a lot of people get together it's a big thing um, I actually get like videos sent to me every single year from like random people because they know that I like to watch them but the costuming for that people make especially like in Germany are spectacular for this kind of stuff they're so cool hmm. and so it would be an interesting thing to go see it would be I would love to actually like that's that's one of my girlfriend Shelby's like dreams is to go like to Germany and participate in that run and get chased around by a bunch of Krampuses we all worked at a haunted house, Georgie. I mean, we're okay. all freaks in the first place. <laughs> Everyone knows if you don't run, they stop chasing you. You just, that's how the haunted well, house world works. Very- and so this um, idea of like people dressing up brings us to what we were talking about earlier about Frau Perchta. So men would, would dress up as Krampus and women would dress up as Frau Perchta, who, as I said, was also fondly known as the belly slitter. <laughs> fondly known as the belly slitter uh so All she right. she's the female version of krampus um she's also said to inflict punishment on disobedient or lazy children um and she is also a figure in alpine folklore of austria and germany just like krampus so i love that they gave a female a meaningful role at least <laughs> I'm glad that she's cool she's not like some happy cherub angel. I love that she's like murdering people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they weren't messing she's around. Just there to be a badass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like belly kind of makes it sound endearing. You know, it's like belly instead of stomach or I like mean, guts. I, it's like belly. When I hear belly slitter, I just think of uh, Ripper, the Jack the Ripper. Um, so it's not necessarily was... a happy memory in my head. 
I was thinking of like a little cat who's like, you know, you know how they need your stomach. That's not what she does. Belly. I know. <laughs> but that's a good way to tie in kitties. <laughs> so keep that happy image of, you know, little biscuits being made on these babies' bellies. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, what she really did was wander around with an entourage of ghosts, which were, um, because, you know, religion, unbaptized souls, known as per- Perkton. And she visits homes during the 12 days before Christmas in Epiphany. Don't know why, but she, like, particularly, not only did she not like lazy, ungrateful, hateful children, but she was really against women who, like, spun, you know, like, Rumpelstiltskin type thing like spun yarn yeah i don't know why i don't know if she like targeted people who didn't spin enough or if she targeted them for working too hard i don't know i'm sure you could google it their quota (laughs) but the reason i thought that was interesting was because katie when you looked up the name of that angel demon Uh thing and you said it was the goddess of spinning i was like interesting so the white-robed goddess who oversaw spinning and weaving. So I'm wondering if in some way they were related and that's where like her hate of spinning came in to awesome. play and like the original origin story. Or maybe she's like, you're not... I guess, is she against people who do spin or don't spin well enough? I don't... I couldn't tell you. All I saw was that the rich. she like particularly targets children and then women who spin. <laughs> but I don't know why. <laughs> That's like a weird, yeah, I, I would like to know more. And like I said, I'm wondering if it's just because their names are so similar that they crossed over She's at like, some point. Don't steal my thunder. Yeah, yeah, she was like, fuck you, you took my name or something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I'm going to target your patrons. <laughs> but according to totallythebomb.com, her name means shining one, which kind of goes back to your goddess thing so she may have started out as a pagan goddess there we go uh but because religion shits on women constantly um they turned her into like this old creepy ass hag which makes sense of what i was telling you earlier georgie all the pictures when you look it up she looks like one of those old school hags that has a (laughs) nose with the warts on it but then some people dress up as her and dress up as goddesses, yes? Yeah, and yeah, they look like super pretty and stuff. So there we go. There's the crossover. She started out as a spinning god. Okay. And then Christianity was like, no, no, no. We can't have a woman that's productive. Worship women? Yeah. What? So then they were like, let's Vaginas, make her. guys. Think about this. <laughs> they turned her into this crazy old witch hag and was like, how are we going to explain the spinning part and they're like we'll just have her kill spinners there you go i like to think that this uh witch hag then turned into the witch that was at the beginning of beauty and the beast you know there you go like just kidding i'm not and that was in france which is german related (laughs) uh yeah somehow boom solved again We're really put all together. (laughs) Basically, her whole MO is that she slits open the bellies of those who work during Epiphany, um, because that's like her day, right? And you're supposed to like take the day off and have this big feast. Um, She pulls out their intestines and then fills their guts with garbage or rocks. Ooh. Dishonest children would have their lying tongues scraped with glass. Jesus. 
And if you were good, she would reward you with a silver coin. So your options are be disemboweled and your tongue scraped with glass or get a dime. (laughs) So uh, with that whole like she takes out your guts and she fills you with garbage or rocks. Do you ever remember my aunt and my cousin doing that thing where you would lay down and they were like, and it was like that mind trick. Where they're like, we're cutting you open. We're taking out all your guts and we're filling you with sand. It's the same thing as like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah. It's like a sleepover game. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of when my aunt and my cousin used to always do that with us. I that I mean that could be like something from it. Origin story. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird how like severe European punishments seem to be, or or those like child uh, mythologies. Games? Yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to just, the like, rosy. <laughs> it's like, if you, if you're even remotely bad, horrible, awful mutilation, but if yeah. you are perfectly good, Here's a coin. you get to just <laughs> continue to work hard, nothing good happens. <laughs> yeah, and like, with Sinterklaas, I, I was genuinely terrified of being, like, put in a burlap sack and kicked and taken away like i was like i will be i done. don't want to go to norway yeah because another part of sister claus is that he'd actually like walk around town you know he'd like be around and he's like hey you being good you being good and he was this really like intimidating guy and you had to like answer his questions and be super polite and if you weren't polite you were bad and then you get fucking kicked in a sack it's just whew, it's a lot it's a and then in the United States, they're like, you'll just get coal in your stocking. Yeah. And then you can use it to warm your house. Good job. Big deal. Yeah. I'm... And that's all in your stocking. It's not like you're not going to get presents from anyone else. You're still going to get yeah. presents. Your stocking yeah. will just have coal in it. Yeah. <laughs> no mutilation. Maybe that's what America's really missing. <laughs> That's where we fucked up. We didn't scare our children enough. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of people argue that this Krampus 2015 version is like the origin of like Krampus in the United States. Not necessarily that that's like the first time the United States heard about it, but that's when it got really big and people really like started getting into it and celebrating it mostly. Uh, There was a series of holiday cards in 2007 that were like traditional images of Krampus and it was done by an artist named I think it's oh yeah oh, I put it down here look at me uh Beauchamp Beauchamp and his art is what is considered like the first like movement of Krampus in the states that's when it was kind of like hey this thing exists and that's when people started to notice it and then this movie came out and that's when it was like mainstream I guess is the word I should use his... That makes sense to me, because I feel like I didn't ever hear about Krampus until the scary movie came out, and then... Okay, I I, under, I know I know the artwork that we're talking about here. It's in... Some of his artwork is scattered in the end credits for this film, among the, like, childhood Christmas Santa pictures of the staff. Um, but his artwork are those images of, like you said, it's Krampus with the tongue and everything. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Another um, miscellaneous fun fact that I learned. So another miscellaneous fun fact. Uh, Jingle Bells was the first song to be broadcast from space in December 1965. 
from space. Interesting. The astronauts, Tom Stafford and Wally Shura, maybe, said, um, I guess they were broadcasting, and they're like, look, we spotted a sleigh in space. And so they took a harmonica and sleigh bells, which they had smuggled onto the Gemini 6 spacecraft, (laughs) um, and they played the song to mission control. We're not allowed to have these, but we're taking them up anyway. That's great. I'm happy they did that. That's a that's a way to rebel. <laughs> As a professional who really doesn't want to lose their job. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's the lore of Krampus. Ooh, I, you know, that's a more interesting story than I thought the movie would be, the whole plot that you described. Still won't watch it, but I'm <laughs> really glad I know more about it. It's good. It's really it's good. It's really fun. It is my favorite Christmas movie. I watch it. I've it's actually watched it like Christmas. four times this year. <laughs> That's fair. Izzy, what's your favorite? And I want to ask both of you. What's your favorite Christmas movie besides oh, this one, oh. which is, yeah, I yeah. think, more of a Halloween movie. But, you know, it's fair. Um, Either Elf. It's like a tie between Elf and then the Jim Carrey the Grinch. Uh, Those are my Jim favorite. Carrey the Grinch always got me hooked on that one. But I will also say um, A Christmas Carol with George C. Scott specifically. Um, I love the way that he portrays Scrooge. I think he does like the best Scrooge. I've just nice. never really gotten into that story. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy that one. Or uh, White Christmas, but that's just because I like the old school White Christmas movie. I think it's a beautiful one done. Hmm, I don't know if I've seen that one. It's it's really cute. It's it's about yeah. That was. I was trying to think um, of what my favorite Christmas movie was is, mm-hmm. and it's just generally Harry Potter. Fair. Um, <laughs> I agree with that one. <laughs> I know that's not a movie, but. Uh, Christmas isn't my favorite, but they celebrate Christmas. Especially in the first one. Tyler and I debated whether uh, Harry Potter qualifies as a Christmas movie. What side of the argument were you on? It counts on Hulu. (laughs) So, my opinion is this is not a Christmas movie. Uh, Just because it has Christmas in it, it is not Christmas. So what about Die Hard? Die Hard is a Christmas movie because they specifically celebrate and refer to Christmas in multiple it's like it's all on Christmas it's all Christmas themed it's Christmas I feel like that's such a controversial topic to talk about if, it, if Die Hard <laughs> is a Christmas movie or not but well I'm still gonna go with Harry Potter I mean I'm not gonna it's sh- also my not- favorite Halloween movie <laughs> it's my favorite like holiday movie period George is like that's my favorite scary movie it's my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie it's my Favorite. Georgie also did have that collage. You had that collage, the Harry Potter collage in your room. That oh I man, I still have that collage. I, I don't know what to do with it. The versatility of the Harry Potter movies speaks for their marvelousness. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ugh, they're just so good. So to wrap up every episode, Georgie, we do what we call the graveyard, um, and that's where Ooh. we detail every death that happened <laughs> in the oh, God. we try to do okay. it in the order they happened but it's like a brief yeah. overgo so maybe okay. these aren't necessarily full deaths um but they're like souls being taken to the underworld i guess maybe kind of sort of and uh, in this movie real quick in this movie you do not actually see anyone die you yeah. only see people get taken away yeah That's just nice. so yeah. you know uh so number one is the unnamed man who dies of 
assumed hypothermia, who was frozen in the truck. <laughs> and uh, then Beth, who obviously um, goes out first, she gets taken off camera by the somewhat of a jack in a box. Um, is it the clown? Screen. It's not the clown, right? It's, it's a smaller box. It's just a, yeah, it's a smaller box. It's a smaller. Oh, I thought box. it was Krampus that got her. No, it's it's one of her. It's one of his little toys because he's outside of the truck, but obviously he's the one that slides this underneath because then they, you hear like little like box tune and she turns around. It's Silent Night that it plays. It zooms out from underneath the truck and that you hear her scream in the truck move and that's all you uh, get. Okay. Um. Then. The sentient gingerbread man who is impaled on the wall with a knife off screen that is at her boyfriend's house. <laughs> uh, number four is Howie Jr., who is taken up by the or taken up via chimney by Krampus. Hold on, we skipped some. Um, so there's all of boyfriend Derek's family off screen, yeah. and Lucinda gets blown up. Oh yeah, Lucinda gets blown up. The, the, is the Lucinda truck. the Hummer? Yeah. <laughs> He's like Lucinda. <laughs> yeah. He like he, he mourns for that truck, dude. Um, more than his niece, sounds like. Oh yeah. Exactly. More than his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, man's truck is a man's truck, you know. <laughs> like I said, he was one of those I have a big truck and gun situation guys. Yeah. Um number four is Howie Jr. who is dragged up the, the uh, chimney. Jordan, who is then swallowed by Dirk Clown. Dirk Clown. Dirk Clown. Uh, then you get Sentient Gingerbread number two, who is blown up by Howard with the uh, lantern. Uh, we'll say that's lumpy. Yeah. Gingerbread number three, uh, who has his head blown off by Howard with a shotgun. Clumpy. And then number four, <laughs> who is eaten by Rosie. Oh, is that lumpy? Dumpy, I think. No, dumpy. 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 Yep. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Those are <laughs> great names. Uh, Good job, screenwriters. TikTok, the little um, uh, robot thingy, gets shot in the face by Sarah with a handgun. Sadly, Rosie, you know, you don't really see if Rosie gets eaten off screen or not. Because she's possibly the only survivor that might have happened. So you hear her go, and then the clown falls through the ceiling, and he's bigger. So that's the only thing I could think is maybe she got swallowed. That's fair. That's okay. Mm. That's fair. I didn't catch on to that one. That's awesome. So we'll assume Rosie gets eaten by the clown. Fuck that clown. Uh, <laughs> number 11 is... Did we say it was Teddy Clow? Yeah, go for Something it. Something like that. Um, he gets shot in the head by Aunt Dorothy with the shotgun, which is awesome. And then Prochetta... Pr I, I just want to say Prochetta. 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 Perchetta? I don't know. Uh, she gets shot in, the, shot in the chest by Aunt Dorothy as well, which was really funny because when she gets shot, get, she gets flown into like the center of a wreath, and I really want to make a wreath that has like the angel in the middle of it because I think it's really funny. Um, <laughs> personally. Uh, 13, little Chrissy gets carried away by an elf along with Aunt Dorothy who gets pulled through the window with a little wee! <laughs> it's, it's that was a really good imitation. <laughs> I was trying. Uh, Howard gets carried away by an elf as well. Then uh, everybody leaves. Omi sacrifices herself um, and is eaten by a sack of toys, so we assume. Um, <laughs> by a sack of toys. Tom is then taken into the snow when he's trying to escape along with Linda, who is sucked into the snow, and Sarah, um, all taken by like that snow worm thing whatever it was that you never see 
Um, Stevie's then taken out of uh, the car and thrown down a hole um, by the elves. And then Max, who is dropped into a hole by, by Krampus. And so that goes. They literally landed in a hellhole. Yeah. Hmm. Shitty way to end, but you know. But then, turns out, they didn't die, maybe. 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 So, we don't actually know. Round this out really fast before Katie jumps ahead and says it anyways. <laughs> Always. Um, uh, on Dead Central, they have a list of all the other Krampus movies that have ever been made. Um, I had a lot of listeners from my radio show tell me that this uh, movie I needed to watch called it was it's a Norwegian movie called Rare Exports. It actually we did a list on air and in Rare Exports, one of the top ten best portrayed Santa Clauses in movies is from that movie Rare Exports. Huh. Yeah. Did you say it was in Norway, Katie? Yeah, who, it's a Norwegian movie. Who rates this top ten best? Santa. I want to rate Santa's. I think that would be a fun job. Yeah, right? Choosing which Santa is the best portrayed in movies. But then you'd have to watch horror movies to do that one, too. <laughs> it wouldn't be very good. That's why no one would hire me. <laughs> so Rare Exports, um, it has Santa in it. Um, it's technically labeled a Krampus film, but according, it's, like what I read, it's not Krampus. It's just an it's evil not. Santa. So. It is. I yeah, put it as it's not Krampus of any any kind. It's literally just it's evil. It's evil Chris or evil Santa. So I put Kramp Krampus esque <laughs> next yeah. to that one. Yeah. Um. In 2013, Krampus: The Christmas Devil was released. A sequel to that one, which apparently was kind of like a B-rated film, came out in 2016 called Krampus 2: The Devil Returns. Think you'll watch that one? No. <laughs> I've seen those. I mean, like I've actually seen those, but I've seen the cover of them. I don't need to watch them. Uh, maybe eventually if we run out of like good Christmas movies to do, we'll do those. Or if a listener requests them, please don't request it. Uh, Night of the Krampus came out in 2013. A Krampus Christmas in 2015. A Christmas Horror Story in 2015. And Krampus the Reckoning in 2015. Oh, Apparently. It came out the same time. Yeah, including this Krampus we're discussing. Yeah, this was 15, too. So, that Did was... Did this one come out first, or do you know which one, like, set off the... I mean, Krampus trend? the Christmas Devil was the first one in 2013. The one That's not what she, Krampus. she oh, was asking. Uh, this one came out December 6th, I think, or no, late November, early December. I don't yeah. know. I'm oh, a... I would love I it thought... if it came out on December 5th. That I would saw it opening good. night. Krampus Unleashed is the sequel to Krampus the Reckoning. It uh, came out in 2016 as well. Krampus Night came out in 2017. And then Mother Krampus came out in 2017 as well. Haha, <laughs> released December 4th, 2015. Oh. So it was the day before Krampus Not. Wow, okay. I like Pretty that they smart did of that. them. Yeah. Um, it's funny how things just kick off like that in the movie world they're like oh a penguin movie let's do a million of them yeah it's like everybody has the same idea at the same time or one person leaks <laughs> that they're doing that and everyone's like shit we gotta do those too yeah and they all let's come out this was our idea like bad moms came out and then like a shit ton of other movies about moms giving up on life came out like all the same thing mm-hmm yep I, mean, I, I would argue the same thing with the whole superhero movie 
genre that's like really so I mean, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger right now but there was a moment where they were rebooting them and then what happened there is iron man did awesome and everyone was like shit we could make a ton of money off of this and that's when everybody started making them and then all the cw shows were making money uh, which Got is it. dc universe and so that's i feel like that one has an origin where it made money and then people were like we got to jump on this money train but then there's things like with krampus where it just so happens that nine movies come out in the same year that all have the same <laughs> idea so huh. it's just it's it's weird the way that happens yeah, I mean, I guess he must have been, Krampus, being he, must have been getting popular to some extent, enough for them to be like, I have an idea. Yeah, I'm wondering if those B-rated ones got kind of a cult following, and so they were like, yeah. we could do this better. Yeah. Maybe. B-rated movies are the ones that get cult followings, but I don't know, I don't want to call some of those B-rated movies. Like Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> Just so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's B for beautiful. That's right. Yes. Bombastic. Bombshell. Booty. Licious. Brilliant. Yes. B for brilliant. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> we were going down a hole and you pulled us right back out. So just. <laughs> Um, let's see uh other other december moments in movies you want to go through that list were we done with the krampus movies uh yeah so besides krampus and every other christmas movie ever there is in 13 ghosts it is the month i'm sorry 13 ghosts the remake it is the month of december when arthur's wife gets caught in a fire and burns because their log rolls out of the fireplace and lights their Christmas tree on fire. And that's how she became one of the 13 ghosts. So in December, the events of the Gremlins, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, any of them. There's like five, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, elves, Jack Frost, which is a terrible fucking movie on the planet. P2 and Black Christmas all occur, obviously. Um, <laughs> In December 2000, Alex, Claire, um, and Carter all visit Paris. This is in Final Destination, the first one. Um, Carter is killed by a falling sign in Paris, thinking he's invincible, but he's not. Um, and then in December, December of 2008, December 2008, the events of Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash and the Nightmare Warriors occur. I didn't know Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash was a thing. And apparently I need to go hunting. <laughs> and while she does that, the only December movie recommendation that I came up with was The Gingerbread Man, which is a 2007 film. Yeah, that's a terrible movie, too. Yep. Fucking terrible movie. <laughs> well, way to shit on my recommendation, asshole. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's really entertaining if you want to watch a life-size gingerbread man walk, man walk around. Um, um, I'm sorry, it's Ginger Dead Man. My brain went into automatic Ginger mode. Dead Man. <laughs> and Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash is a comic book. And I did know about the comic book. I was thinking that maybe there was a movie out, but... Yeah, I need to read that comic. But, uh, Georgie, do you have any final thoughts on... Um... Who do no. you prefer, Krampus or Sinterklaas? 
Oh, still Cynthia Claus. She doesn't have like a snake tongue. And he doesn't <laughs> like. I don't know. He's he doesn't look as creepy. You know. He doesn't have the hooves and stuff. No hooves. I mean, that might be cool. That might be fun. But I don't know. I looked up the pictures. <laughs> Cynthia Claus is more. Uh, he's a little bit more jolly looking. Uh, <laughs> he's just like rigid and strict. Yeah. As opposed to like. Yes. <laughs> he's not jolly and he doesn't shake his bowl like a bowl full of jelly is what i'm hearing yes yeah. he's he's not fat actually he's just old and he's very tall oh okay so he's like an old man that's like get off my lawn kind of damn kids yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put you in a burlap sack and kick you exactly <laughs> yeah but i'm uh yeah I, it's fun to know about Krampus and a little bit more about uh, Christmas history lore. Yeah, Saint Nicholas. Well, it was nice to learn about Santa Claus from you because I didn't really know much about that to be completely honest. So, that was cool. So, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, thank you. Would you like to plug your? Podcast? Oh yeah, I can give a plug. Um, so I do have a podcast. It's called <laughs> Long Hair Do Care. Um, I named it because I felt cheeky because I do have long hair and I care and it's instead of the long hair don't care. I care a lot. Um, I'm an environmentalist. I'm a feminist, and that's what the podcast is about. It's about queer intersectional ecofeminism, and every episode. Uh, minus the first four. I don't interview anybody for those ones, so you can skip those if you do listen. <laughs> but I interview people about different topics that fall under that umbrella. So I talk about um, recycling. I talk about hunting. I talk about um, – I have a friend that came on to talk about their experience transitioning from female to male. Oh, that's um, cool. I talk about – there's a store called Hello Bulk here that sells bulk products in Salt Lake. Um, I talk about the Logan Pride Center and the universe, or the Utah State University Inclusion Center and um, like fat activism and all these different things. It's this intersectional um, approach because I do think that environmentalism and feminism, intersectional feminism are all connected. And so it's just fun to bring on my friends. Most of them are my friends. Now I'm bringing on people who I don't know as well. Um, to talk about these subjects that I find fascinating and I don't really know much about. So listen if you like, and I'm also on Instagram at longhairdocarepodcast, all one word, because that's how Instagram works. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's also very Utah-based, yes, right? A lot it's of stuff. pretty Utah-centric, but a lot of it can be, some of it can be applied elsewhere. Like I have um, someone come on to talk about microplastics, and that's something oh. that we're all dealing with. Um, Glitter. I have someone come on to talk about the history of the word queer, um, but there are some things that are pretty specific to Utah. Like um, my friend from Red Butte Gardens talks about invasive species. So, like ninety percent of our listeners are from Utah, so that fits. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, and we'll put we'll tag her in our instagram facebook show notes and everything yeah. and uh, which you can find us on instagram and facebook at 
horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. And you can send us your movie recommendations, cat stories, things Photos. like that <laughs> at our Gmail. Uh, HorrorCatsWitchHats at gmail.com. It's all one word. And otherwise, um, uh, I think we're doing Scream next because the new yes. film comes out June yeah. 15th, 14th, January. I don't know why I said I June. I still haven't watched the trailer. I'm not going to watch the trailer for the new one because Ghostface is literally right right there, right there tattooed on the arm. There. Um, I love, <laughs> I love Ghostface. It's like my favorite horror movie. So I'm so ecstatic to do these ones. It also has some true crime ties, which I'm super stoked to talk about. Yes. Uh, we haven't figured out how we're going to do all the films. Um, we probably won't get them all in before the first one. I don't want to rush them. No. Uh, so we'll figure that out, but start watching them before you listen. And otherwise, uh, happy holidays, happy Yule, happy winter solstice, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy Boxing Day, happy Omasoka, I think is how that's pronounced, and every other happy you can be. Just happy be merry. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one. Happy New Year. <laughs> Meow, 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 meow.